and welcome back to another episode of the Self-Development with Tactics podcast. And yes, it does work. Just a little tiny test to make sure that everything is fine. And there you see Buffer, the software that I am using on the regular to post all my Instagram, LinkedIn and also Facebook posts. But this is not what it is supposed to be about today. We're going through brain rules and I have already seen um there we go brain rule brain rules there was a pdf from the brainrules.net site or something let's see brain rules you're probably gonna find it in some or the other way this is basically how i always find my summaries i just you know type it in and then just look for it and sometimes I find pretty good things sometimes I find pretty shitty things but um, most often one can uh, yeah make up for the lack of information in a summary of things that he or she knows we went through uh, quite a bit of it yesterday so check out yesterday's episode and also the episode before which was um, well actually about another summary so it was the same book but it was a different summary but also a lot of added knowledge and a lot of very important added information by myself from the Huberman Lab podcast very great podcast also very suggestible you should definitely check it out very crucial um long term memory something you went through the last time so sleep Rule number seven, sleep well and also think well, because sleep is important and sleep is very crucial for having good sleep, uh, <laughs> for being able to think well and having a good life. The brain is in a constant state of tension between cells and chemicals that try to put you to sleep and cells and chemicals that try to keep you awake. The neurons of your brain show vigorous rhythmical activity when you're asleep perhaps replaying, I'm sorry, replaying what you learned that day. People vary in how much sleep they need and when they prefer to get it, but the biological drive for an afternoon nap is universal. Loss of sleep hurts attention, executive function, working memory, mood, quantitative skills, logical reasoning and even motor dexterity. So as you can see, sleep is crucial. Sleep is very important, but still, we are somehow living on a planet, we're living in times where people do not really think about the importance of sleep and, um, well, you know, they're just not really aware of it, you know, that sleep is actually that important and that crucial. I mean, we are spending so much time or we should be spending so much time sleeping, so um, it is kind of strange to think that it is not important. I mean, when I'm sleeping eight hours a day of a 24-hour day just laying around and basically being vulnerable to predators to whomever um it must be quite important you know but yeah just seeing that the window is oh there you go rule number eight stress Stressed brains do not learn the same way as non-stressed brains. 
Your body's defense system, the release of adrenaline and cortisol is built for an immediate response to a serious but passing danger, such as a saber-toothed tiger. Chronic stress, such as hostility at home, dangerously deregulates the system built only to deal with short-term responses. Under chronic stress, adrenaline creates scars in your blood vessels that can cause a heart attack or stroke and cortisol-damaged cells of the hippocampus, crippling your ability to learn and also to remember. Um, so don't have that much stress. You know, Think about meditation and think about other protocols and other strategies to be less stressed. And, um, well... Maybe also restructuring your day, you know, restructuring the way you think about your day and so on and so forth. Google search for ways to, to deal with stress and also inhibit stress and um, manage your stress. Individually, the worst kind of stress is the feeling that you have no control over the problem. You are helpless. Emotional stress has huge impacts across society, on children's ability to learn in school and on employees' productivity at work. What I think is very important on a line is the fact that it indeed damages the cells, at least according to the summary. I do not know the data, um, but let's just you know believe it for a second. When it damages the cells of the hippocampus, um, which is a very crucial part of the brain when it comes to memory, remembering things in general, and so on and so forth. It is insane. It is damaging it, like brain damage. The same thing that occurs when you're not getting enough oxygen and um, or you're getting hit on the head, so on and so forth. Um, this is insane. Just because of stress, just because of being in a in a state of mind and maybe even a state of body, um, that is very draining. You know, this is, well, I do not know the definition of stress or what stress is, but it is draining. You know, it's exhausting. It's just not really nice. There is a nose. But one could, which is interesting. I'm seeing a nose here. But in the end, it's just an arrow with a round arrow head. Sensory integration. <laughs> Rule number nine, stimulate more of the senses at the same time. We absorb information about an event through our senses. Translate it into electrical signals, some for sight, others from sound, etc. Disperse those signals to separate parts of the brain and then reconstruct what happened, eventually perceiving the event as a whole. The brain seems to rely partly on past experience in deciding how to combine these signals so two people can perceive the same events very differently. Our senses evolved to work together, vision influencing hearing, for example, which means that we can learn best if we stimulate several senses at once. Smells have an unusual power to bring back memories, maybe because smell signals bypass the thalamus or thalamus, whatever, and head straight to their destinations, which includes the supervisor, I'm sorry, of emotions known as the amygdala. Or amygdala, but I think it's amygdala. Very interesting. Um, still, I mean, how could you do this? Uh, when you're learning words, vocabulary for, 
another language, for a second language, maybe even a third language. Um, as I'm just thinking about it, by the way, I guess that learning the third language might actually be easier than learning the second one. At least, you know, it, it depends on, uh, how do you call it, like where the language is coming from. I mean, sometimes there are similar words, for example, English and German, sometimes there are just very similar words, um, uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. So, because we're having past experience and we're having past um past 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 memory that we can use to learn this other thing at least in my head it kind of makes sense anyway let's move on to rule number 10 there is an eye vision trumps all other senses vision is by far our most dominant sense taking up half of our brain senses or resources what we see is only what our brain tells us we see, and it is not 100% accurate. The visual analysis we do has many steps. The retina assembles photons into little movie-like streams of information. The visual cortex processes these streams, some areas registering motion, others registering color, etc. Finally, we combine that information back together so we can see. We learn and remember best through pictures, not through written or spoken words. Maybe one of the reasons why a technique, and I kind of believe that it's been used for hundreds of years, is... Um, well, that, that's actually something really interesting. Um, this is not what I was heading towards, this is not what I meant before by saying it's probably been used for hundreds of years. Um, maybe it has, I don't know the data, I don't know the information, but um, is it called head domes, head spaces? Head spaces, an app, really cool app. Um, but um, having a room in your head and storing information there in form of, of pictures. So when I'm trying to remember something, I can imagine a room in my head and I, I have several pictures you know of course at some point the room is going to be full of pictures but you know let's just you know leave that aside for this moment um i'm thinking about a castle and maybe let's just actually take my flat or let's take your flat wherever you are at this time just imagine a space you're seeing it around you but you're having it in your head as well so kind of imagine you're having a picture of this castle, this castle that you're trying to remember. It's been built in the year 1500. It was built by a guy called Richard. And I'm hanging this picture underneath some window that I'm having in front of me, um, or actually on the left side of the window, because there is a wall, and I can um, have a nail, put it into the fucking wall, and hang this picture there. So there is a technique. Uh, I don't remember what it was called. But having a room, I think, memory palace. I'm gonna quickly look that up. Memory palace. I think something like that. Gedächtnispalast. Um, yes, it's actually called memory palace. Memory palace. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, this is basically it. You know, you're imagining a palace, and you uh, decorate it with all the wisdom that you're trying to remember and so on and so forth. And so when you have to recall this memory, just go through this palace 
and um, look at the pictures. And these pictures should um, remind you of whatever you want to remember. Rule number 11, gender. Male and female brains are different. The X chromosome that makes, uh, I'm sorry, that makes males have one of and females have two of through one acts as a backup is a cognitive hotspot. A backup? Um, anyway, carrying an unusually large percentage of genes evolved in brain manufacture. Women are genetically more complex because the active X chromosomes in their cells are a mix of moms and dads. Man's X chromosomes are uh, all come from mom and their Y chromosome carries less than 100 genes compared with about 1,500, 1,500 for the X chromosome. Man's and women's brains are differently structurally and biochemically. Men have a bigger amygdala and produce serotonin faster, for example, but we don't know if those differences have significance. Men and women respond differently to acute stress. Women act Activates the left hemisphere amygdala and remember the emotional details. Men use the right amygdala and get the gist. <laughs> well, exploration. No, this is something for the next episode. Up until then, thank you very much for listening and or watching whatever you're doing. Maybe you're actually also watching on Spotify at this point of time. Um, but yeah, I'll see. Have a good day. Take care. Bye-bye.